Good morning and welcome to the Berean Post devotional podcast, where we take a deep dive into the scriptures to find new insights and practical application for our modern lives. I'm your host, Duane, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with us today. Each day we'll explore a different passage from the Bible, unpacking its meaning and exploring how it can guide our lives for today. So grab your Bible, your favorite drink, and get ready for an exciting journey of discovery. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts and blogs, be sure to check out brilliantpost.ca. Also, join our Facebook group where we call ourselves Bright Future Bible Freaks, and we have a lot of fun there together. But right now, we're going to get started and jump right into today's devotional. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another very late edition of the Berean uh, Podcast Devotional. Uh, Fortunately, I can speak a little louder because I don't have anybody that I'm going to wake up this morning. So I keep making the mistake of saying we're in Colossians, but we're not in Colossians. We are in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to try not to make that mistake again. Having said that, for those of you that have been following along, you know exactly where we are, 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 1, verses 4 and 9, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in and start with the text. I thank God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him, and in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short of no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm to you the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord. God is faithful by whom you were called to the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's again 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. Well, confirmation is an integral part of various Christian traditions. In these traditions, confirmation holds a significant role as a sacrament or a rite of passage. It symbolizes a a deeper commitment to the faith and an affirmation of one's belief. Within the, the Christian context, confirmation signifies the strengthening and deepening of the individual's relationship with God and the community of believers. It's often seen as a, a personal and conscious acceptance of the faith initially received in baptism. The Catholic, Lutheran, and Reformed traditions of confirmation differ from Paul's in ideology and practice. For instance, confirmation is considered one of the seven sacraments in Catholicism along with baptism, the Eucharist, reconciliation, the anointing of sick, holy orders, and matrimony. And it's typically administered by a bishop or a delegate priest, delegated priest rather. In this tradition, a confirmation is seen as the sacrament through which the Holy Spirit is bestowed upon the individual. In the Lutheran tradition, confirmation is viewed as a public affirmation of faith and a personal commitment to the Christian beliefs taught in the Lutheran catechism. 
Lutherans do not consider it a sacrament, but rather a rite of passage and a way to profess one's faith publicly. Lutherans usually receive confirmation instructions during adolescence and publicly affirm their faith in a ceremony. The focus is education, teaching, and a personal confession of faith. Now, the, the Reformed tradition differs from both the Catholic and the Lutheran traditions regarding confirmation. Instead of viewing confirmation as a sacrament or formal rite, in the Reformed tradition, they emphasize the personal profession of faith and the individual's commitment to the Reformed principles and beliefs. In the Catholic, Lutheran, and Reformed traditions, confirmation is seen as a personal and intentional act of faith and commitment on the part of the individual. The focus is on the individual's understanding, profession, and participation in the confirmation process. Now, on the other hand, Paul's perspective, as seen in his writings, primarily emphasizes the work of Christ in confirming and establishing believers. Paul often speaks of believers being confirmed or the same Greek word established in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. This confirmation is seen because of God's grace and the work of the Holy Spirit in the believers' lives. Now, while some individuals respond, um, while the individual response and commitment are important in Paul's understanding, the ultimate source of confirmation is attributed to Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul highlights the transformative power of Christ's work and the ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit in confirming believers in their faith. So while all three traditions and Paul recognize the importance of individual involvement in confirmation, Paul's perspective emphasizes the work of Christ as the source and power behind the confirmation of believers. As we delve as we delve deeper into this exploration, we'll uncover the profound and significant meaning of being confirmed in Christ and its assurance to our spiritual journey. The phrase confirmed in you used by Paul emphasizes the personal experience and evidence of the, transform- the transformative work of Christ within the believer. So it signifies the testimony of, of Christ is verified through these various act, uh, aspects, the internal witness of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, such as love, joy, and peace, the growth in knowledge and understanding of the gospel message. In this confirmation, um, reinforces this, this confirmation reinforces our faith and confidence in Christ, demonstrating the truth and the power of the gospel in our lives. So it's not just agreeing to or mentally assenting to something, but it's evidence on the power of God at work in the believer. Paul frequently employs similar similar language throughout his letters um, to confirm or validate the gospel message and its impact on those who believe. So in 2 Corinthians um, 1, 21 to 22, Paul writes, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So here Paul 
speaks of being established or confirmed in Christ, indicating that God has sealed the believers with the Holy Spirit to guarantee and assure their salvation. Well, in Ephesians, Paul writes, In him you also trusted, whom after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. So here Paul speaks of the believers being sealed with the Holy Spirit, which confirms and guarantees their salvation and inheritance in Christ. We may be reminded um, at this point of this wonderful and amazing hymn, Amazing Grace. One of the stances of the songs goes, When we've been there 10,000 years, bright and shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise, um, to sing God's praise than when we first begun. So these, these texts aim to encourage us by emphasizing that God initiated our transformation. Since the beginning of time, he's called us to become more like his son. Jesus Christ, who completed the work of atonement and paid for our sins, sat at the right hand of God and declared it finished according to the book of Hebrews. This work involves creating a new man and is revealed in, it's revealed internally. But it also becomes evident through the outward manifestation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As we receive the word of God in faith and it's planted in our hearts, we gradually develop the character of God and grow in spiritual maturity. Okay, so what, what does Paul mean by the day of the Lord? Now, this question arises regarding Paul's meaning when he refers to the day of the Lord. Once again, it's crucial to understand the context, not just within the immediate and surrounding passages, but also within the broader text of the New Testament. So Paul employs the phrase, the day of the Lord, in two specific senses. Most of the time he uses it to signify a particular appointment or combination. Uh, this is the day depicted in Revelation, symbolizing a time when Christ submits everything to the Father and God becomes all in all. However, there are instances when Paul discusses the day of the Lord as Joel and Peter describe it, as a day of imminent judgment, and Paul and other early writers anticipated this judgment to come on Jerusalem for two reasons. Number one, Jesus said it would happen, and number two, they rejected Jesus their Messiah. So one notable passage where Paul mentions mentions the imminent judgment on Jerusalem is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 14 to 16. Here Paul addresses the Jewish people's actions in Jerusalem, in the, in including their persecution of the Lord Jesus, the prophets, and the early Christian believers. And Paul acknowledges that God's wrath has come upon them due to their sins. While Paul acknowledges the judgment on Jerusalem in um, this specific context when he uses the phrase the day of the Lord Jesus Christ as in our present passage um, his primary emphasis lies in the future eschatological significance so it's actually referring to the day of Christ's return the ultimate and final judgment therefore Paul's usage of the day of the Lord composes both the impending judgment of Jerusalem on, on Jerusalem rather at that time, but also the coming eschatological uh, day of Christ's return for the ultimate judgment. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. 
Let's find solace and inspiration in the assurance that God is faithfully at work within us. He initiates the transformation, calling us to conf- calling us to conform to the, the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. We are redeemed and set free, free through Christ's finished work of atonement and redemption. As we receive the implanted Word of God in faith, it takes root in our heart, leading us to the inward confirmation and outward manifestation of the Holy Spirit's work. So let us eagerly anticipate the day of the Lord, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of God's and the fulfillment of God's complete plan. In the meantime, may we continue to grow in the character of God and let us be nurtured by his word and guided by his Holy Spirit as we journey towards that glorious day confirming that Christ does live in us to all along the way. All right, that was kind of a a lengthy go, but um, we got a lot to get through in Corinthians, so I'm going to have to start taking some bigger chunks as we go. But anyways, I hope that blessed you today, and feel free to share this with your friends if you are being blessed. Until tomorrow, I bid you a good day with God's peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Brian Post Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.